You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and we've got a great show for you guys today. We have two great guests coming up I know you guys are going to enjoy, and I know I am going to enjoy talking to them. First of all, we have Mitchell Franchin coming up. He is the author of a book called Dying to Save America. It's a book about what will happen in America should we decide to adopt a single-payer health care system, which is honestly on the verge of happening in this country as Obamacare is starting to dis- decline. We also have Alicia G. coming up. She's done a lot of things. She was a beauty pageant contestant. She was a model. She just released her brand new song called Cash and Nap. She's a pop star. And she was on reality television shows like Wife Swap and Dr. Phil. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy talking to her. She's going to give you a little bit of an insight about how real reality television is as well. So, guys, before we get into anything, go check out our website. It's www.theamemagazine.com. You can check it out anytime you want. You can see anything that we've missed, that you've missed, and anything that we have coming up. And uh, there's so much stuff up there. I know you guys will be inspired to get out there and try something new in your life. And uh, maybe, maybe it's in the arts. I don't know. You can also check us out on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the AME experience. You can also find us on Twitter, which is at Dowd Studios. I'm always on these particular platforms, so check us out and share us, like us, talk to us. That's what, that's what we're there for. All right, guys, so before we go to a commercial break, I want to talk to you guys about fake news. We've heard a lot about it recently, and it's been really coined as a, as a right-wing topic. And I'm going to tell you that it really has no wing, no left wing, no right wing. It's just fake news news. We've been hearing it all the time. And I've been going on and kind of taking what I hear on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, um, even local news, and I research everything. And you would not believe how many times I've actually found it to be completely false or only a quarter truth blown out into spawn something that is either negative, pushing an agenda, or out to actually hurt somebody. And this is a real big problem because it's amazing what people believe on television and in the news. They hear it, you know, it's, it's on television, so it must be true, right? And uh, when you're spreading propaganda, what you're actually doing is you're taking an opinion, marking it as a fact, and telling people this is true. The problem that I've seen across the board is that people don't research things at all, so they believe it's true. They react on it, and that causes negative reactions across the board. Now, we're going to be talking to Alicia G., like I said earlier, and I talked to her a little bit before we did the interview, and she was telling me that reality television is actually not real at all. It's very scripted. And what they forced her to do in The Wife Swap and other reality shows had a super negative impact on her life. It caused her to be bullied. It gave her a negative persona amongst her peers. And it caused serious distress to her life. She's actually nothing like you'd see on television. And that's because of the fact that people didn't want to get to know her because they already had this prejudged notion of how she's supposed to be. This all comes from fake news, and the reason fake news is, even exists is because they want to sell a story. They know that people love juice, they love hate, they love gossip, they love all this stuff. And what it does is it ruins credibility, it ruins people's lives based upon opinions that we are telling as facts. Please, guys, remember, if it's reality television, it probably isn't real. And if you actually look at some of the storylines, they're so outlandish on some of these reality television shows that you know it's scripted, and that's okay. Even American Idol was scripted, and, and a lot of these other ones are scripted. And it's scripted because they want you to get upset when an underdog knocks out a popular person on these shows. Same thing happened to Alicia. Same thing that's happening in the media, and it's actually starting to cause riots and everything else. We really need to... We need to rein this in. We need to hold these people accountable. 
And we also need to do due diligence ourselves before we get so worked up that we run out and hurt people over it or slander people because we think that what we heard in the news was correct. That's all I'm asking, guys. Do due diligence. Check out the story. Stop listening to the right and left biases. All of the because the truth has no no affiliation to either side. It only has the affiliation to the truth. That's all we can do in this world. And it, believe me, doing a little due diligence will absolutely make a difference. And not taking everything for face value on television can also make make it a little bit more entertaining because you're not so passionately involved with it. All right, guys, we're going to go take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got uh, Mitchell Franchin on the line, so don't go anywhere. I know you guys are going to enjoy this. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Your time hasn't come yet, baby you got a lot of dreams to go Your time hasn't come yet, baby Hey guys, it's Jason Dowd and I got a special announcement for you You know, it's hard to believe, but 2018 marks the 50th anniversary of Elvis Presley's Speedway Co-star Victoria Page Meyerink will be making personal appearances throughout the year, sharing her memories of Elvis. Visit Meyerink.com, that's M-E-Y-E-R-I-N-K.com to find out where or to host a screening or Speedway event of your own with Victoria. She's going to be bringing candid, special behind-the-scenes memories of working with Elvis. Again, to find out how you can have your own personal screening or Speedway event with Victoria, just go to Meyerink.com. M-E-Y-E-R-I-N-K dot com. The little boy next door who only makes you sore is going to someday turn your head right now. Hey, this is Jen Lowy from Days of Our Lives, and you're listening to AME Radio Show. Welcome back, everybody. We have on the line with us a special guest. His name is Mitchell Franchin. He is the author of a brand new book called Dying to Save America. It's about kind of foretelling about things that could come happen, that could happen should uh, we decide to uh, go on the path that we are going on, and I'll let him describe that more in detail. Welcome to the show, Mitchell. How are you doing today? Pleasure to be here. Um, the book um, correctly forecasted, it's only been out since June, it forecasted Congress would not do anything on uh, repeal or replacement of uh, of Obamacare, it uh, even predicted the uh, assassination attempt on Congressman Scalise, and uh, it, it it shows how bad things can get if we don't fix Obamacare. And then it uh, it has a solution to help people escape unacceptably poor medical care. Mm-hmm. And we've it's seen in the form of a novel, and we've been seeing this kind of stuff happen along the lines. I mean, if you want to kind of get an idea of what single payer healthcare system is going to be like, look at the, the poor little baby in England. Uh, how far away do you think we are from seeing something like that? Not very far. Well, the first character, my characters are fictitious. My first character notes that when, if somebody says, "I'm going to pay you two thousand." 500 a month for the rest of your life, but I get to decide how long you live. Run away as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the government is doing with an overburdened social security system and with the ability to determine how long you live uh, with uh, medical care. All they got to do is delay it a little bit, and people whose cancers could be cured or whose heart 
problems could be corrected, I'll die instead. Mm -hmm. why, did, why is the government doing this type of stuff? I mean, wh what benefit do they get from this? None whatsoever, except maybe votes of people who uh, aren't sharp enough to see that we, we have or had the finest medical care in the world. See, that's what that's one thing I've been I've been looking at too. I mean, I'm seeing the the veterans who are kind of going through the same situation, uh, you know, with the single payer healthcare system. Is some of them are still, you know, they they put in requests in the 19, late 1980s and it still hasn't been accepted yet. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's where we're headed. And uh, the plot of the story is simple. My first character has cancer has been given a few weeks to live. He, uh, he discovered a, a dark patch on his left arm two years ago, and it was irregularly shaped and less than an eighth of an inch in diameter and black, and he got concerned that he might have melanoma. Uh, so he made an appointment with a doctor, but it took, took him a couple months to get the appointment. Uh, he couldn't go directly to a dermatologist. He had to see a general practitioner first, somebody he didn't know. Mm -hmm. uh, when he got that appointment, they referred him to a dermatologist. That took a couple more months. And then they referred him to a cancer specialist. That took a couple more months. What would have had a 97% chance of being a complete cure turned terminal. And he decides to take his congressman with him. And I can see that. I and I can see when people, you know, go through these types of situations. You know, they do have things that could be that could be fixed, and now they can't be. That they'd be upset and you know and angry and, and go vigilante on on these people. I mean, you would think that Congress would understand that. Well, currently they don't. The uh, Democrats aren't going to support anything the Republicans propose, no matter how good it is, because of party discipline. Mm -hmm. Recall what happened to Senator Joe Lieberman, uh, a Democrat senator from Connecticut a few years back, who always voted with the Democrats until they came up with something he felt would hurt Israel, and he, being a Jew, voted against it. So they got an opponent to run against him in the primary, funded the opponent to the hilt, and defeated him. Democrats don't dare break party discipline. Republicans have always been free to do so. And you've got uh, people like... Uh, uh, well, Senator McCain, for example, um, or uh, Congressman or Senator Collins of, of Maine, who are just free to vote against it, and with no votes to spare, that defeats it. So um, nothing got done, nothing's going to get done, and the system is going to go downhill fast. So reading the book... How important is it for people to understand what this system is? Because I don't think people quite grasp the the idea of single-payer health care system. Kind of give everybody a little bit of an idea what that is, and and how it kind of and how and why you decided to write it about it this in the, in this book. Single-payer health care means the government controls your health care. No private insurance. No competition. Uh, we were told before uh, Obamacare went in that your rates would go down by, you'd save 2500 a year. Instead, people's insurance rates have doubled. Uh, and uh, to make matters worse, people that don't need coverage have to get one-size-fits-all. And it doesn't fit. Young people who are healthy uh, don't go to the doctor once a week. They go maybe once or twice a year. And even if they pay $100 for each visit, that's only 200 bucks, versus, um, versus two or 3000 a year. Uh, all what young people need but can't get is catastrophic coverage or uh, major medical coverage that kicks in if they get into a serious accident or have a serious illness. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all they need. Uh, you can't get that under... Uh, single-payer health care. You get no choice. One size fits all. And um, the unfortunate thing is people think they're going to get good medical care. They're not. 
they're not. It's going to be terrible. Uh, Veterans Administration is an example of what what bad health care has been like. Do you want the people that run the post office running your health care? No. (laughs) No, that's for sure. Well, in the book, um, there, the uh, first assassination of a congressman sets off uh, copycat killings, and it becomes an epidemic. And uh, then finally, somebody has a solution. And the solution is one that could, uh, could happen a lot earlier, we hope. Something like horrible like this doesn't ever happen, of course. Mm-hmm. But it could. Well, I can give you guys, uh, you know, every, everybody out there a little taste of what happened to me. And it, you're exactly what kind of happened in your book is exactly what's happening to me. Um, I, have, I have MS, and I went to go to the Obamacare rate system. And for me and my wife, it's $960 a month. And then on top of it, I have a $12,000 deductible that I must meet each year. So if I don't use $12,000 worth of my insurance that year, it, it then resets, and I have to do it again next year. And then if I happen to extinguish the $12,000 uh, d- um, uh, deficit, then they pay 60-40, and I get taxed on the 60% that they, that they pay. And then on top of that, I don't have any copay. I, ha- I, have, I have to pay full price. So if I go to the doctor, I pay $200, and that's what it is. I pay out the $200. Now it goes towards my deductible, but it doesn't... It doesn't basically serve me any money. So basically what I'm doing is I'm paying $1,000 a month for absolutely nothing. And then on top of it, they couldn't deny me because I had MS, but they're not covering anything that's associated with it. So basically if I have a nerve problem, if I have a broken bone, I have muscle tears, I have sprains, anything like that, they don't have to cover that. But they cannot deny me the coverage like before. Before then, you know, if I went to a, a, a special healthcare place, they just told me, you know what, you have, a, you have MS, we cannot cover you at all. For anything, so I got some coverage. But look at the broad, the broad general generalities that they could then come up with that could be associated with my with my condition. It's scary. Oh, absolutely, I uh, absolutely, I'm firmly convinced. Some of the proponents of this want people dead. Social Security is overburdened. It doesn't have the money. Congress spent the lockbox, and uh, they're going to run out of money in a few years. And uh, letting people not live too long past 65. As a matter of fact, President Obama's first chief of staff was Rahm Emanuel, who is now mayor of Chicago. Mm-hmm. His brother, Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, is a cancer specialist in Chicago who wrote articles saying nobody should get medical treatment beyond age 75. They're unproductive. Yeah. It's a drain on society. Whereas... I hope you, I certainly believe, that people have a right to work and should be rewarded for their work by a, a period of retirement to enjoy life and be kept alive during that period of retirement. Absolutely. That's not the way we're headed. No, it's not. And, you know, it, this, is, this is really a, one of my biggest concerns because I think people think because it's free for, mo- for some people that and it's reduced for other people that they think that this is the way that it needs to be, and, and it, they seem to be labeling it as, if you're against this, you're against helping people, and that's not necessarily the truth at all. But what do you think that this could possibly be the basically um, fixing, fixing a problem that you weren't aborted before? Is that kind of what it's coming down to? It's like, okay, well, since you, your parents didn't abort you now, we have the right to take you out when, uh, because of this. I think that's a way of looking at it. I absolutely do. Uh, I absolutely do. They want as many abortions as possible. Mm-hmm. They want uh, they want elderly people not to have to take uh, uh, Social Security, and they're going to make sure that comes true. I, I've lived in England. Uh, the medical care there is great if you've got a minor problem and horrible if you've got a major one. And, of course, you can't go directly to a specialist. Mm -hmm. You have to go through a general practitioner, and it takes you forever to get an appointment. But if you break a leg, the system will work. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you've got uh, cancer or heart trouble, forget it. 
That's terrible. And you know what I don't understand is when, when the government says that they're behind something 100%, why aren't people saying why? You know, because I, I don't believe that, the, that our government or any government does anything for the people. They do it for themselves. Absolutely. And even, even minimum wage. I, you know, I, I started thinking about that the other day. I'm like, why would the government get behind this? And they make it sound like it's, it's because people aren't getting paid enough and they need a fair share or a fair living. But for most people, getting paid $15 an hour from when you were getting paid 7 you get knocked up to another tax bracket. So now they take double the amount of money that they well, have from you the that, the, the, the merchant or the manufacturer has to have that to the price of the goods. Yeah. So everything goes up in price. Uh, that's called inflation. You have more dollars chasing the same number of goods and services. Mm -hmm. The prices go up, and um, the problem is you put out of work people who, hey, kids used to have summer jobs, and they learned a lot, and it kept them off the street. Yeah. Now they're unemployed and on the street making trouble. Um, what about retarded people and persons? Now, Walmart's been very good in hiring uh, people who uh, basically aren't worth the minimum wage in terms of what they return to the employer. Mm -hmm. But not all employers can afford to do that. That's right. Most of them can't. So it, it throws out of work people who aren't worth the minimum wage to their employer. Uh, it's much better to let the free market handle it. The free market does a brilliant job of handling things. That's true. That's absolutely but, true. Uh, but anyway, my book is... Dying to Save America, it's reasonably priced, it's available in electronic Kindle edition or paperback, and it's available on Amazon, and I recommend it to everybody. You'll learn a lot from it, and you'll learn the way out. And do you have a website? Uh, just my last name, Fronchen, F-R-O-N-C-H-E-N dot com. All right. Well, Mitchell, this has been great. We've about, got about a minute left. Is there anything else you want to say before we go? Just really, uh, not to make sales for me, but for your own information, read the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right, people out there. You got to be. You got to. You got to be. Um, you got to get educated. You can't just take face value of what anybody says for the truth. And you can't listen to the to the news media anymore because everything I've gone through there, I've been able to to completely discredit. So, read the book, uh, judge for yourself, and let's let's get educated and let's let's stop the government from taking control over us. Uh, we don't want them taking control of our money yet, but it's okay to have control of our health. It makes no sense. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got so much more, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy, that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop in Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Andrea Tanteros here from the Fox News Channel. I've got a new book out, Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable, also known as the modern-day Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Go ahead and pick it up at your local bookstore now. It's already a bestseller, or you can get it off Amazon.com or HarperCollins.com. Hi, this is Dina Martin, and you are listening to the AME Radio Show. It's fantastic, one of my favorites. It's a wonder I can think at all. 
Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest is Alicia G. She's a pop hip-hop singer. She's a reality star, and she just released her new music video, Cash and Nap. And she's also an advocate to stop a lot of bad things that are going on in this community right now that are actually a pretty hot topic. So we're going to be talking to her about all of this, plus her entire career and how she got started in this uh, right now. So welcome, welcome, Alicia, to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So you have had you have had you have actually led a pretty intense life so far, and uh, it looks like you got you got started with uh, music and reality. So uh, kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into all this stuff. How'd you get in the entertainment industry? Well, pretty much my entire life, ever since I was a little girl, literally eleven months old, I started doing beauty pageants. My whole entire life. I've been on stage, flashing cameras, lights, photographers, coaches, modeling, acting, photo shoots, acting lessons, modeling lessons, tap, jazz, gymnastics, ballet, cheerleading, competitively, gymnastics, competitively. I'd taken even classical piano lessons. I was originally trained in classical opera, and before I knew it, I was doing reality TV shows, and then before I knew that, got into the acting, and little did I know, I start singing and doing what I'm doing today, and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> wow, that's intense. So you, your parents really really pushed you with the uh, beauty contest, and how did um, you know? Sometimes that those things can can have a, a negative impact on kids, and sometimes they can have a positive impact on kids. How was it for you? Did you have a negative, or did you have a positive impact from those? To me, I truly, I enjoyed being on stage. When I'm on stage, I just feel so happy. It's like my happy place. Like everyone has their happy place. Sure. There's time to shine. I love to entertain. When I see someone smile, it makes me, wait, I did that. I made that person smile. I love to entertain. And pageants actually gave me the confront to be on stage, the courage to get up there and perform and entertain people taught me how to do my hair and taught me how to do my makeup and how to pose and smile and put on that charm and I love it. I really did and I don't regret a minute of it. So you started out with modeling then it kind of went into reality television. Kind of tell us a little bit about the reality television that you were on. You were on The Wife Swap, Dr. Phil and a few others. Uh, kind of give us a little idea of what you did on The Wife Swap and how did that turn out? Well, it's actually kind of funny. My uh, dance teacher at the time, she basically approached the whole um, classroom and was like, um, I got this casting call for the show called The Wife Swap, and if anyone wants to, you know, give me your info, your email and number, let me know. We, me and my family, my family and I, I should say, we actually only heard of the show. We never even seen the show. Right? Yeah. So we never seen the show. We're like, hmm, that's cool. But, nah. And, uh, <laughs> pretty much, the dance teacher approached me and my mother, and she goes, no, 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 you guys gotta enter. I go, uh, we're good, but, you know, we appreciate the offer. She goes, no, no, no. Um, I never seen you know, a kid, you know, doing all these activities, so many dance classes, doing the competitive cheerleading, the competitive gymnastics, um, singing lessons, opera, piano, and traveling across the country doing beauty pageants. you got to enter. We're like, okay, you know, here's our number, your email, thinking nothing of it. The next day, someone contacted us. Okay. So we sent them our email um, emails back and forth. The day after that, they go, um, do you mind if we fly someone in from New York City to do a quick kind of interview type thing and film my family and me? We're like, um, sure, why not? So this was on a Tuesday. The guy flew out on a Saturday 
And by that Tuesday, so in a seven-day span, they said, we have to have your family on the show. Wow. <laughs> and two weeks after that, we started filming. So in this particular uh, one, your mom probably went to another another family and somebody else's wife came to your family. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So how did it go with the, the woman that came to your house? What was it like for you? Well, I would like to say this. Reality, there is no reality on. <laughs> Little did I know how badly it would affect not only my family, but it totally was scripted word for word, mm. repeat after me, line for line. Wow. It made me out to be literally the most hated person overnight. They made me to be this conceited, uh, bratty, spoiled person that I'm really <laughs> nothing of the sort. They exaggerated everything to the extreme. They said we had Christmas every day. Yes, Christmas every day. Yes, truth be told, I have a Christmas tree up 365 days a year. True reason behind that is my grandmother, who passed away, she helped raise me from day one. I actually called her mama. That's how close she was to me. That was her favorite holiday. Hmm. After she passed away, it's, if I take down the tree, it's like, I feel like I'm losing part of her. So we just keep up this tree. It's kind of like, oh, I remember, you know, brings back happy memories. And they made it sound out, made it to be, I should say, oh, Christmas every day. She gets a present every day. So they went to as far as taking a um, little lip gloss, a little hat, a little purse, the whole team of voice swaps, the producers, etc., wrapping it up, putting it in the bag, setting it under the Christmas tree, and have me saying, what did you get today for Christmas, Mama? Wow. Yeah. So that, that did have a pretty negative effect on your family then, too. Did you, were you able to recover from something like that? I mean, did it, did it take you a little bit of time to uh, you know, get yourself back into where people didn't believe that you were like that? You know, a lot of people believe what they see on TV. Sure. And um, <clears throat> pretty much, like I'm going to say this again, there is no reality on TV. They had me repeat some lines that the, infa the in most infamous line of me, infamous line of me, infamous line of me, I hate even repeating this, I feel sorry for people who are not gorgeous. Really? I was in shock. And I said, wait, what do you want me to say? This is, you know, we're filming. And four or five takes, they kept saying, you got to say these words some way, shape, or form, Alicia. They, and the producers would be like egging on. Because I'm just this little girl, okay? I'm, I'm this little kid. Like, oh, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is my chance. This is, I could be in Hollywood. I'm going to be a big movie star. Oh, my gosh. And I kept saying, Alicia, you said you love acting, you know. You want to do this, right? They go, yeah. And I'm just listening to them. I'm naive. I'm a little kid. And they go, no, you can do this. But now do this a little more bratty. Come on, you can do it. I believe in you, girl. Come on now. Come on, act for us. Yeah, and like one of my actually debut songs that was actually number one on the independent overseas charts for um, three weeks in a row it was last year called Pretty Girl by Alicia G. Hey, that's me. <laughs> the moral of that song is called all, basically all girls are pretty girls and they should be able to shout it out. Yeah, you know what? I am a pretty girl. You know, I like them bad boys and fast cars. I keep it up all night. My hair is long, my body fits. I'm flexing like a boss. 
my lips are highly glossed, talking about how all girls are pretty girls. They like, you know, they may like boys, they may like girls, but they like them lip gloss, they like to look pretty, and shout it out loud and proud. Yeah, I am a pretty girl. A song about boosting confidence, and it wasn't that, you know? Life Swap made it out to be the most hated person overnight after it aired. Because we never seen it before it aired. My mouth almost dropped. I was like, oh, oh my God. There was so much editing, so much cropping, piecing together. You cannot imagine. It was a requiem for a dream. Yeah, I kind of had that feeling that would happen with reality television, and you know, I've always, always, I've always tried to tell people, you know, sometimes before you, it sounds good, and it's probably one of the best ways to get into um, acting and stuff if you haven't had a chance to do it, and you know, you're just looking for something crazy to get your name out there. But sometimes it can have some really net adverse effects to it, and sometimes it's good to just kind of sit back and learn and think a little bit about it before people jump into it. Very, very true, Jason. And when I mean negative effects, it went from thinking, oh, well, it's acting, right? Thinking that in my head. I go into school after it aired. It was the day, the first premiere show of the season. And pretty much it was the most highly viewed show ever in White Swap history still to this day. Wow. my show was the ratings were through the roof as they came into school after it aired they started screaming words I cannot say <laughs> <laughs> let's put it that way on air hey I heart radio to girl G but uh, pretty much words I could not say on air do you know X Y and Z you're this you're that and it got so bad, I had physical hate crimes, where at one point, I was actually, uh, I was dragged by a car over 12 feet on pavement, where I had second-degree burns on my body. I was rushed to a hospital where they were picking gravel out of my skin and body. I remember clenching the hospital bed as the nurses were trying to calm me down and everything. As they're picking gravel out of my body, I had second degree burns over my body. Oh my God! Now, did that, did this incident and all the stuff that came from the the downfall of the white swap, is is that kind of what helped you uh, be an advocate to stop bullying? Absolutely. I was put through living hell day in and day and night all day all night I almost didn't want to go to school or anything but still through that whole time I kept going I kept pushing because I knew at the end there's a light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and if I survived that living hell and words they hurt. They really, really hurt. And I'm like, how could someone say that to another human being? Like, I just don't know. I was, I know I was judged my entire life doing beauty pageants. So I could take a lot of criticism. Trust me, you know. And creative, uh, you know, opinions and all that stuff. But, um, words can really hurt. And, Kids today are getting bullied so bad. I was pushed down the staircase in school, and this one football player caught me. And he goes, you okay? I go, yeah, thank you for catching me. And he goes, yeah, no problem. Just don't tell anyone um, I caught you, okay? I go, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, this is sounds really bad, but you know what? I had to literally buy a date to my senior prom. Yes, no one even wanted to go to prom with me. Yes, I bought a date to my senior prom, but now I'm on the radio and singing my song. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
you know, kids today and between everything that's going on with the media and how you're supposed to dress and look or be thin or be this or be tall or short or thin or fat, all that stuff and how kids really listen to it, it's hard and words hurt, bottom line, and let's end bullying today. I have this one song. It's called Talk to the Hand because the face ain't listening. <laughs> and pretty much it just says to all you bullies, you know what? Let them talk because in the end, follow your dreams, pursue and conquer, and you will achieve. That's true. That is really true, and people tend to forget that. And sometimes when you are bullied, I know it's hard to sometimes look at the at the positives that you can bring, and and because you know you think they make you think that you're worthless and and everything else, and and they don't they they can't get over the wall that they can easily get over because it looks like it's twenty feet tall, but it's really only about three. And uh, that's one of the biggest problems with bullying. I was bullied my entire life, and I actually had people uh, you know physically assault me too. And it wasn't, so it's, it's, it actually made me stronger though. You know, so the more that I look back at it, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, it, it sucks that it happened, but I was actually able to turn it into something positive. So, um, I'm probably one of the few that can do that. And I'm hoping that there are other people that can do that. So I know what it's like to be bullied. And I know that you can't let what people say influence the way that you think about yourself or your abilities no matter wh how crazy it is you got to just keep you know sticking to those guns and just keep pursuing what you want to do and never let anybody stand in your way and you know the funny thing was is I, I kept telling people they're like you know you don't stand up for yourself and I'm like well I'll tell you exactly why I don't stand up for myself each one of those people are either going to be in jail or dead someday and they're not going to be they're not going to worry I'm not going to worry about that because I mean look look at the source and Believe it or not, most of them are dead already, and they're in their 30s uh, from doing stupid stuff like, uh, you know, heavy drugs or something like that. And then the other ones have been in jail. So I was pretty much right. <laughs> so, in the end, they have to live with themselves. They do. And how they made that other person feel. And when they pushed me down that staircase, I could have hurt myself. Thank God that one football player, whoever you are, shut up. Winslow East, football player, whoever caught me, thank you, whoever you are. And to all those Winslow East High School cheerleaders, I'm sorry I'm going to say this, where are you now? That's right. I honestly, I always had this thing, if I'm on the Jimmy Fallon show, hey Jimmy, if you're listening, I'd love to be on your show. But besides that, I would always say, well, for all those kids who bullied me, and especially you women's little East high cheerleaders, look at me now. Mm -hmm. That's but right. I'm not into pushing into people's faces. I'm really not. I'm so down to earth and easygoing. I go with the flow. I just, this is Alicia G. This is the real me. And I want people to know the real me. Alicia G. Words hurt, but it made me the person I am today and kids today like I'm a big advocate for bullying mm -hmm. and I just they have to know yes I know it's hard yes words hurt yes it feels like the worst of the worst but you know what you have to look at the right side and the light at the end of of the tunnel is shining, and it's shining real, real bright for you. Mm -hmm. And you'll make it. If I did it, you can. It's a story of survival. And that's why I'm actually in the process with two ghostwriters, and um, they're writing the tale, tell-all book of my autobiography, tell-all story, autobiography about Malisha G., the real me. And I'm sure that's going to be a really interesting read too. Has it been has it been therapeutic for you to write something like that so far? You know, um, when I read just like some of the, you know, little bits and pieces, I'm like, oh my god, that's that's my life. Mm -hmm. I got to read more of this. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, really? That happened? Yeah. And I survived. Because mm -hmm. I am a survivor, and I want other 
people to know that if this can happen, all this stuff to one, one little girl, I am literally 99, 100 pounds and 5'3", and I made it to the point where I can actually talk about it, get out of bed in the morning and pursue my dream and never give up, you can do it too and give people that motivation that they can do it. I not only was bullied, I was sexually assaulted. <laughs> I yeah. am a big advocate for that, who women who are sexually assaulted. I was attacked physically, verbally, mentally, physically. I was kidnapped. I held at gunpoint. I was raped. I was ganged raped. I've been put through living hell and back. Some people wouldn't get out of bed in the morning, but I do, and I pursue my dreams. And, you know, I never talk about religion or politics, but someone up there was watching over me. Mm -hmm. Someone, something was watching over me, because I'm here today, and I'm here to talk about it, and hopefully it can help other guys and girls and women and children and people of all ages that it will be okay. It's happened to other people. And tomorrow is another day to live for, and the best is yet to come. That's true. And you know, one of the best ways to defeat a bully is to prove them wrong. And, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. When someone says, Alicia, no, you can't do it, I'm like, I'm going to prove that person wrong and do it 10 times better. Make it 11, because 11 is my lucky number. <laughs> <laughs> so let's finish out the interview today with your new music video that you have coming, that you have that's released. It's called um, Cash Nap, which is, a, I've been, I have watched it. It's really cool. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, what was, what's the song about? Okay, Cash and Nat by Alicia G, produced by Andrew Lane, who is a multi-platinum award-winning music producer, who's, shout out to Andrew Lane, you're awesome and <laughs> fabulous, and he worked on High School Musical, he works with Disney, Hannah Montana, Bring It On, um... Many, many other people, uh, Backstreet Boys he's worked with. He's worked with um, Miley Cyrus, that's Hannah Montana, sorry about that. Uh, Pitbull, Sean Paul, some of the top names in the industry. Wow. Erica Jane, he's phenomenal. He sold over 50 million records. And he helped this song become what it is today, cash and an app. Thank you, Andrew Lane. Shout out to you. <laughs> but basically what the song is telling, it's how fun, wild, crazy, a little bit fake, and all that jazz, and how the music industry really is. <laughs> Interesting. So what was the best part about the song for you? Um, I think definitely just, it's a little bit of, I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit of a mockery of the industry. It kind of gave me uh, a little bit of a uh, feeling of that Macklemore, like, but it was only 99 cents. What? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, some of like my big influences are Eminem. I love Macklemore. I know, guys, right? Rappers. But it made me um, a little bit of Iggy, a little bit of Nicky. We got a little Iggy, we got a little Nicky in there. A little Macklemore, a little bit of Eminem, and that was kind of the backing of that song. And like, because when those rappers rap, they don't care what they say. They just bring it. Mm -hmm. And bottom line is, if they have something to talk about it and tell it really how it is, they tell it how it is. And that's a little bit of how my style of music it is. So... What makes you stand out from other people that are in like the hip hop uh, industry? What makes you unique in your own in your own um, in your own mind? I would say what makes me unique in hip hop, rap, pop, my genre. It's kind of a fun, flirty hip hop rap genre. I would say and classified. Um, 
basically, I tell it how it is. I keep it fun. I keep it bold. And I love it. Mm. So, how can people get your songs? How can people find out about your book that's coming out? How can people find out where they what you have coming up in the works? And anything else that they are interested in about you and following you? Well, um, you can get my song on Anywhere Music is Sold. Uh, also, even on CD Baby. Of course, iTunes, you can download it. Amazon, um, Google Play, Spotify. Please follow my Spotify channel. Anywhere music is sold worldwide, you can download it, uh, stream it. And if not that, you can always check out my music video on YouTube. Please follow me on all my social media, which is all at Alicia G World. That's my handle. And of course, my website, www.aliciagworld.com. Also, which is super, super cool, shout out to One Avenue, I have my own Alicia G fan moji, which you can purchase in the App Store worldwide. Yes, and I'm on emoji. How cool is that? I'm like, <laughs> what? That's me. I'm tweeting. I'm texting. And I'm on emoji. That's awesome. That is <laughs> on cool. Emoji. Check out Alicia G. Alicia G Fan Moji and my official Alicia G Fan Club by One Avenue. Pretty cool. I'm like, that's actually me. I'm an emoji. I'm like, Kim Kardashian has one. I do too. That's sweet. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a wild, crazy experience through everything I've been through. I had a manager. She ripped me off in nine months over $60,000. I'm not going to say her name because I have respect. And business, business, the industry, it's wild, it's crazy, but I love it. And you either have to love it or get out. And I love every minute of it. And nothing... I will not take no for answer. Nothing will stop me. Push me down, but I always come back up. Boom, boom, bang, bang. I'm bulletproof. <laughs> I have lots of new songs coming out. I have some new music videos, some new lyrical music videos as well. I'm going to have some performances coming up. Tons of fun stuff. And endorsement deals are coming, and I'm enjoying the minute, the moment, the second. So I have some interest in uh, movies that are coming, uh, some TV shows as well. I can't talk about everything. The book coming out, 2018. There is so much going on. I'm enjoying every moment of it, and I couldn't do it without all my fans, you know, motivating me, courage, encouraging me. You go, girl. I love the song. I'm like, thank you. I love you too. I love my fans, my whole PR team, my social media team. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't be on this call with you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. You're the best PR agent ever. <laughs> Shout out to you, Carlos. And um, I just really, I love to make people smile. I really do. And this is the real me, Alicia G. And to all my fans, I love you. Please follow me. Follow, follow all day long. Check out my new music video, Cash and Nap. And of course, please follow me on all my social media, all at Alicia G World. And of course, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all Alicia G World. And or quick click www.aliciagworld.com. Well, thank you, Alicia, for coming on. You've had an amazing life, and I wish you all the best. I, I hope that everything that you dream for is going to, that you're going to reach it someday, and, and if you haven't already. And, uh, I look forward to hearing your, hearing more music that you have coming out, and, uh, right now we're going to be going to play one of your songs. You are, Jason. You're awesome. Did I mention that? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so excited. So thank you for coming on again, and guys, we are going to go play Cash and Nap right now. And then after that, we got a commercial break, so don't go anywhere.
Look at her butt. It's just like her singing Hello Flat. Hi, this is Serena Palmer. You can come see me at the Shaw Festival and Dancing in Lunasa and Andrew Cleese in the Lion until October 15th. Visit ShawFest.com for more info. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed our guest today. I enjoyed talking to them, and I know they enjoyed talking to you and sharing what they got going on, and hopefully you'll be able to go check it out because that's what we're all about. We are a platform for the artist. Now, I had a very, very stressful week. I I saw that my our iTunes link wasn't working anymore, so if you happen to be subscribed to our podcast, uh, you probably realized that there weren't any shows coming out. Well, I saw that too, so I decided to go figure out what was wrong, and our system went down, completely down. It was I couldn't even fix it. So I had to recreate the whole thing, and I resubmitted it to iTunes on Tuesday, actually by Wednesday, and Thursday it was approved. So I'm really excited to say that we are back on iTunes, but it does have a new URL, and if you were previously subscribed, you're going to have to go subscribe again. I am so sorry for this. I, I don't even know what caused it, but it's fixed now. And um, if you don't If you want to go to the podcast directly through iTunes, it's AME Radio Show. And if you want to go to our website, it's also on there as well. Under Find Us, click it, and it'll take you to the iTunes page. All you have to do is hit subscribe. So, uh, like I said, we are now on Fridays and Saturdays, so we got a lot of stuff coming up for you tomorrow as well. Um, If you want to check us out every week, we're on Friday at 7 o'clock a.m. on amfm247.com it's a internet and amfm station as well so there's 10 amfm stations that you'll be able to find us on through them you can also find us on amfm247 every saturday at five o'clock p.m eastern standard time you can find us on the wklap.com it's an internet radio station every friday at 12 o'clock eastern standard time and radiolove.com every saturday at seven o'clock p.m eastern standard time uh and it's radio l-u-v it's not l-o-v-e don't try that it will not get you to the radio station. 
So that's all we have for you guys tonight. We are going to be back tomorrow, and I'm going to be chilling out in Disney, so I'm going to be really excited for that, and we'll come back and talk to you tomorrow night. Uh, We'll have a lot of stuff to talk about, so keep those creative juices flowing. Stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.